0: Welcome back to another episode of Football Chance and Rants with the plants. We're dad and daughter with me, Lauren, and me, Graham, and we are back commenting on the football this week. No internationals. We're in a new location. We're in a lovely conservatory, but it's a little bit chilly. Is it going to get warmer at all? A couple of hours. Well, you've got your bobble hat on, and um yeah, I'm thinking I might need it to wrap up a little bit more, but we'll give this a go. And I'll start off by rounding up the Premier League. It was a thoroughly entertaining weekend and probably the most entertaining match of them all was Chelsea against West Brom. 5-2 win to West Brom, which before the match, if you'd have put money on that it'll be very interesting to see how much he would have got back no one would have predicted 5-2 win for West Brom and lots of statistics to go with this match shells, 40 match unbeaten start is obviously well and truly over only the second time that Chelsea have conceded five goals or more in a home game since Arsenal in 2011 where it's 3-5 Allardyce is the first manager to win away at Stamford Bridge in the Premier League with three different clubs those being, of course, West Brom, Bolton and Crystal Palace. I don't really remember his spell at Crystal Palace. Do you?
1: Uh, yeah, I think he kept them up, didn't he? Briefly one season, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, obviously, he's famously never taken a Premier League club down. Uh, standout performances, obviously, Pereira got two goals. Callum Robson got two goals. The Thiago Silva, red card. Well, two yellows sending off in the twenty seventh minute. Obviously, changed the game. But at the same time, West Brom always started on the front foot. So it didn't really influence their performance it just gave them more of an opportunity but they were very clinical front of goal if they'd be playing like this the whole season they certainly wouldn't be in the relegation position or position like they are now Um, still a big gap obviously between West Brom and Newcastle to try and get out of safety Brighton and Burnley you'd assume are out of it now and have uh, made a big enough gap but it'll be very interesting to see how they get on for the rest of the matches and just a really good result for the fans gives them something to cheer about and the players of course so well done Big Sam and the other Premier League match, Arsenal versus Liverpool. Um, one of my ones to watch from last week, but actually the match itself I didn't think was the best match. Obviously it was if you're a Liverpool fan. Uh, very comfortable p- performance and a win for Liverpool. Dominated everything. Arsenal never really looked threshing at all. Diego Jota came off the bench to get a brace. Trent Alexander-Arnold got of the match. Um, very interesting to see, you know, the way he's been talked about in the press at the moment. So it's good for him to have a good match on the pitch. Away form is very much sustaining Liverpool at the moment after their six consecutive home defeats. But it closes the gap now in Chelsea, obviously after their loss to West Brom. So still hopes for Liverpool to get in those top four places. And very, very poor Arsenal performance. One of their poorest, you'd say, under Arteta. Lacalustre, which considering their lineup is hard to imagine that, you know, Pepe, Aubameyang, Lacazette, Odegaard, that they really didn't offer much going forward and were just bossed around. By Liverpool, So it gives Liverpool a lot of confidence, obviously after their, especially like I said, their home form at the moment. Arsenal and Arteta, there's a lot of talk about his position. Where would you sit? Do you think they're going to back him for next season?
1: Uh, I think he'll probably go.
0: Yeah, it'll be an interesting one. The owners seem to do give them time at Arsenal. They don't, they're not like Chelsea and they, you know, they give them a fair bit of time. If he was at Chelsea, you probably would say he would have gone by now, Arteta. Um, So it'll be interesting to see where that one goes. And then the Premier League matches on Sunday, loads of really entertaining matches with plenty of goals to talk about, starting off with St Mary, Southampton versus Burnley. After 28 minutes, Southampton found themselves 2-0 down after a wood penalty and Vidra on the score sheet again for Burnley. However, they managed to get two goals back before the half time Armstrong and Ings. Really good to see Danny Ings actually on the score sheet, and he got an assist for the Armstrong goal. And then it was a Redburn 66 minute uh, goal that made it 3 2 to Southampton, and a really good victory for the Saints, who'll be happy to see that their main man, Danny Ings, is back fit and, like I said, back scoring some goals and being influential, as he always is within the team when he plays. And then also, Newcastle versus Tottenham. I think a lot of people easily could write off Newcastle, by the way. Sometimes they've been defensive when they set up for these matches. However, that wasn't really the case. They went 1-0 up after a Joel Linton goal. Um, but then Kane quickly got two goals back within the space of five minutes. I suppose at that point, you think Spurs were then going to go on and have a comfortable victory. But when it's 2-1, it's never comfortable, I suppose, for the players and manager. And that was proven with a Willock 85th minute goal goal for Newcastle making it 2-2 and you can tell that the Newcastle players were playing for Steve Bruce he might not necessarily have the backing of the city itself but it seems that he's definitely got the backing of the players so it was a really encouraging result for Newcastle which very much put the pressure on Fulham against Aston Villa it was a bizarre match Fulham played the best for 65 minutes you would say Mitrovic started got the goal And then it was like a flick just switched for Aston Villa and very effective substitutes. Trezeguet came on, scored two, then Watkins. So it's 3-1 to Villa in the space of less than 10 minutes. They got three goals, which I suppose just shows why we love football and why it's such an entertaining game. But Fulham will be really disappointed because at one point they were out of the bottom three on goal difference when they were winning. And now they find themselves in the same position in the bottom three trying to desperately get out and that was one of those matches you know 70th minute to be 1-0 up winning and just the game management behind that they obviously didn't have on the day but you got to say the villa managed to put out of the bag really well just got going at exactly the right time that they needed to and then the final kickoff on the sunday you have man united versus brighton interestingly against his old team danny welbeck scored for brighton in the 13th minute but Man United show some really good determination and great skills to be able to come back from 1 0 down. Interesting, Rashford and Greenwood. English talent galore at Man United, um, scoring the goals to make it 2 1 with um, assists from Bruno Fernandes and Pogba. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Brighton react after this match because they obviously put on a really good performance and were 1-0 up but Man United shown some really dogged determination really so looking at the table, Man United obviously still second on 60 points now, so 14 off Man City with that game in hand Tottenham staying fifth on 49 points, they had an opportunity to go above Chelsea if they'd won against Newcastle, however they didn't so they just picked up that point there and then Aston Villa are in ninth with 44 points ahead of Arsenal, Leeds Palace, Southampton are now 13th with 36 points so they're 10 points from safety and then looking towards the bottom table, as I said, in 18th you got Fulham with 26 points and then ahead of them Newcastle 29 points and then Brighton on 32 points. So once again it's been a thoroughly entertaining weekend in Premier League matches.
1: So championship, getting down to the business end of the season, as they call it, some really important matches, top and bottom. First one looking at is top and bottom clash, so Birmingham against Swansea. Birmingham won 1-0, a really uh, well-deserved win for Birmingham. Very exciting match, actually. First half, Birmingham, uh, given a penalty, Lucas uh missed it, shot it straight at Freddie Woodman, who saved it, uh, and then it was a very even match there onwards. Uh, and then they got another penalty in the dying seconds, 91st minute. By this point, Zuciewicz had gone off the pitch. Maybe lucky that for Birmingham because Scott Hogan, who'd come on in the 82nd minute, stepped up and scored the second penalty to give them a 1-0 win. Uh, a really, really important win. Lee Boyer's second win in three matches, so a good start for him, having popped along from Charlton. They're now six points clear of Rotherham, although Rotherham have got four games in hand, so it's a bit skew with down there. Uh, but important, they're now ahead of Coventry. So there are two points ahead of Coventry who've got a game in hand, but Birmingham looking like, hopefully, they're going to get clear if they can keep that form going under Lee Boyer. Swansea have lost the uh, lost a little bit recently. Uh, nine points behind Watford now. Looks like Watford and Norwich are going to be automatic promotion, straight back up. Uh, and Swansea, disappointing run, lost the last three. Need to get back on track. There was a match, barnsley Reading, two of the teams in the playoff places. Barnsley, of course, have been on this brilliant run recently. one-one uh, draw, probably predictable. Good match by the sounds of it. Very tight match, only three shots on target. Redding went into the leading eleventh minute, Ovi Ajaria, and Barnsley equalised a penalty from Alex Mowat just after the hour. Redding with a better team, disappointed not to win. Lucas Jow had a really good chance to settle it. But yeah, one-one, so both still in the playoff places. Reading sixth, Barnsley fifth. Then finally, two teams looking to get in the playoffs. Bournemouth versus Middlesbrough. Interesting match, actually, for Jonathan Woodgate, who's manager at Bournemouth to the end of the season, because, of course, he played over 100 times for Middlesbrough and managed them for a year until Warnock took over. So, interesting for Woodgate. Kind of got to revenge, I guess, with a 3-1 win. A billing goal from the 40, in the 14th minute made it 1-0 at half-time. What more equalised for Middlesbrough in the 63rd minute, but then Lerma and Solanke finished it off with a 3-1 win. Middlesbrough's third defeating five matches now ninth seven points adrift so probably uh, won't be um, staying in the playoff places you wouldn't think Bournemouth seven to point off Reading so Bournemouth in a good place really so Neil Warnock wasn't ranting and raving at the end of it he was quite happy actually thought they played pretty well and uh, looking forward to hopefully getting into the playoffs (laughs)
0: Run. Well, I don't want to be too hard and say this is a rant. It's more of just a disappointment. I'm reflecting on the England under-21, the fact they failed to make it out of their European Championship group. Um, I mean, they had a tough group. They obviously lost to Switzerland, Portugal, and it was a last-minute goal from Croatia that knocked them out. But it's an exciting squad, and I was looking at the team. Obviously, they're under-21, so they're just gaining experience and things like that. But Curtis Jones, I think he actually got sent off he might have gotten a bit of a punch-up with one of the Croatian players but so that wasn't great but on paper obviously Curtis Jones, Eze from Palace, McNeil from Burnley, you rate him, he was in the squad, Nikotia um, from Arsenal, Skip obviously um, from City, uh, sorry from Spurs obviously Tanganga as well, Ramsdale in goal so I think it's hard to have a go at them because obviously they're young, they're still gaining experience but it is a bit disappointing because we've got such a great uh, young England squad. You know, you look at that and obviously the players we've got in, in the senior team. It's just a shame that we've been able, unable to get through our group stage because we seem to be praising the fact we've got so many young English players coming through the ranks. So it would have been nice, obviously, to see them get through that group stage. But there's a lot of rumours about people replacing Eddie Boothroyd. A couple of names. You've got to say if you think, yeah or no, basically, Dad. Eddie Howe.
1: Uh yeah, that'd be good.
0: But he's also rumoured with Celtic?
1: Uh yeah, it's a bit Potentially. Strange, yeah.
0: Frank Lampard?
1: Uh he don't think he'd do it. He'd be good, but I don't think he'd do it.
0: And Nicky Butt. Uh, yeah, possibly, yeah. Potentially. So I mean it's it's theoretically my rant, but I don't want to be too too tough on them. So yeah, that's that's mine. What about you? Uh
1: well I'm gonna talk about international football again and the uh, yeah. the fact that Jurgen Klopp was very vocal over Trent Alexander-Arnold not getting picked in the England squad. Yeah, Whether that's the right or wrong decision from Southgate, it's not really relevant, issue. Dad. I'm not sure what a German manager in the Premier League's got to do with it, but obviously it's good for him to support his player. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm very um, vocal over the fact that Alexander-Arnold going forward is absolutely amazing, defending. I think he's got a bit to learn yet when he's a young player, so... Um, I'm sure that's part of Southgate's decision, but uh, he's not. I don't think he has to justify anything to Jürgen Klopp, really. Jürgen Klopp should be saying, oh, that's good. Yeah. He got a rest.
0: It's, yeah, I was going to say, it's funny. If he'd have got injured, he certainly wouldn't be praising Southgate for picking him, surely, no?
1: No, no. So I think it's a bit of a weird one, but that's my rant. Mm-hmm. Jürgen, leave Gareth alone. <laughs> League One
0: now, so... Um, there's a lot to mention. We've got the top of the table, Hull City who managed to get stoppage time winner away against Crew from Malik Wilkes as they came from behind to win. So it's 2-1 to Hull City. Two penalties in the match, one for each team, 66th and 71st minute. So it's a very action-packed and particularly second half. Very even overall, Crew getting 15 shots, Hull 14. So they're obviously unlucky to lose Crew, But um, Hull remain top, undefeated in eight league games. They're finding some great form. Crew mid-table now nine points off the playoffs, So a little bit of drift there. But Hull City just doing what they need to do, really, because there's a lot of pressure elsewhere from Peterborough and Sunderland I'll be mentioning right now, actually. So Sunderland against Oxford, Um, That was definitely one of my ones to watch and it was 3-1 to Sunderland, yet another win for the Black Cats who took advantage of 10-man Oxford after Mark Sykes got sent off in the 61st minute. Sounds like a real feisty match actually. Oxford boss Carl Robinson, he got sent off to the stands after Sunderland's first goal in the 40-something minute. And apparently, they're saying that the Oxford goalkeeper was allegedly headbutted during halftime brawl. So uh, the manager said that he rang the police. I don't know what's gone on there, but yeah, ridiculous if that is the the case of what happened to halftime of a League One match. Sunderland obviously keep the pressure on Hull and uh, Peterborough, who who won 1-0 away against Fleetwood. So all those top three teams won because they have to at the moment with so much pressure. Just two points off Peterborough with the game in hand and uh, Sunderland keep up their undefeated run now to 13 matches in all competitions. And then lastly, looking at the bottom of the table, Northampton versus Shrewsbury. It was just a 27th minute goal from Ryan Watson. That's all Northampton needed to get the three points, 1-0 huge result when you look at all the other teams, literally all the other teams in the relegation zone or area, they lost Swindon, Wimbledon, Wigan Bristol Rovers, Rochdale, so you just think one of those teams, if they pick up points then it's huge and Northampton were that team so now three points ahead of Wimbledon uh, and the drop zone. But Wimbledon do have two games in hand. So it was interesting. There's a lot of 1-0 losses here and there for those bottom teams. So it's, it's, uh, it's getting very, very tight to the bottom. And Northampton will be very grateful for their 1-0 win against Shrewsbury. So that's the League 1 roundup.
1: So League 2 focusing on some of the top of the table clashes. Cambridge versus Morecambe. So ahead of the match, uh, the Cambridge uh, management Decided to rename the South Stand at Abbey Stadium, the Paul Mullins Stand. Yeah, that's uh, in, right, yeah. In honour of his uh, incredible performance this year, goal scoring, top in the league, record goal scorer for them. So, uh, yeah, Paul Mullins Stand just till the end of the season, but I thought it was quite a nice gesture. So it was only temporary? Only temporary to okay. the end of the season, but it's a nice thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair play, and uh, what did he do in um, in honour of his stand? He managed to get a couple of goals. So oh, nice. A really good match, actually. Cambridge two, Morecambe one. Uh, 11 shots on target, Mullen opened the score in the 11th minute. Morecambe had Liam Gibson sent off in the 55th minute. Stockton had a penalty for Morecambe, missed it in the 66th minute. And then Cambridge got a penalty and guess who? Mullen, of course, stepped up and scored the second goal for Cambridge. His second of the game and then uh, Morecambe got a consolation goal price in the 88th minute. So a brilliant win for Cambridge Their Top won the last four, looked like the... Nailed on for automatic promotion, I would think. And Morecambe, uh, they're still sixth, still in the playoff places. Beat everybody's expectations, I'm sure. You then got Cheltenham versus Tramier. Again, two teams up the top end. Uh, Cheltenham recorded the biggest league win of the season, 4-0. Feeding up at half-time, goals from Thomas, Boyle, May and Wright. Three of the goals were actually uh, assisted, partly one of them, but two of them definitely, by Ben Tozer's long throws. So this Ben Tozer chap, he studied Rory Delap. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. And he's uh, got this his uh, throwing technique off to a tee. Uh, they've had eight goals so far this season <laughs> that have come direct brilliant. from his throw-ins. 31-year-old, play for Northampton, Yeovil, and Newport. Uh, and his manager challenged him to do that this season and he's done a brilliant job of it. So, Cheltenham 4-0. Only had 36% possession, but they had five chances and scored uh, four of them, so... A great, great win for Cheltenham. Tramier not one in three, starting to drop a bit, so they need to get some wins under the belt shortly. Uh, last one in the um, League 2, Bradford and Forest Green Rovers. Forest Green been up the top all season. Struggling a bit at the moment, though. Bradford had the biggest win of the season. 4-1 again, team winning handsomely, but only having 36% in possession. Andy Cook got a couple of them. Five shots on target versus one shot on target for Forest Green. Forest Green still fifth. Two points off automatic, but they've not won in four. They've lost three of the last four games. Bradford, well, Bradford 4-1. So um, three points off the playoffs. We've charted their uh, mesmeric rise from bottom to near the top. Won the last two. So you wouldn't bet against them, actually, Bradford. Uh, Done really well to get back up there. Look like they're going to be, hopefully, might get into the playoffs. And Forest Green Rovers, they need to get some points. Otherwise, they're going to drop out of the playoffs. Finally, the National League. Big match in the playoffs there, Notts County versus Wrexham. And it was a 1 0 win for Notts County, a late winner from Mark Ellis in the 80th minute. First win, first victory for new manager Ian Birchnall And that's Wrexham's seven game unbeaten run ended. So uh, a really critical win for Notts County, who stay fifth, Wrexham seventh. So both teams still got a chance of uh, getting into the uh, promotion places. <laughs>
0: Rave. So I've got some pretty hot off the press news for my Rave. It's been announced that Tottenham versus Man City in the Carabao Cup final at Wembley is gonna be the test event for return of fans. Eight thousand people will be permitted to attend. This is on the April the twenty fifth. Um, Around 2,000 each tickets will be allocated to both clubs in addition to local residents in Brent and the NHS staff. So that's really good. And also apparently the second FA Cup semi-final between Leicester and Southampton. April the 18th is also um, a pilot event. 4,000 people they're thinking are going to be going into that one. So it's always exciting to hear that we've got some test events to get those fans in because obviously that's what every football fan wants to be able to do, go see their team. The only thing is, I suppose, if you're the other FA Cup, semi, FA Cup semi-final, you'd be a little bit gutted if you're not that trial event, I guess. And obviously then trying to work its way from the Premier League down to the League 2 National League and so on and so forth. But it's only a good thing that we're we're able to hopefully be getting some fans back in. Because they did have some in the internationals, didn't they?
1: Uh, Yeah, not in the UK.
0: No, 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 not in the UK. So, yeah, exciting. Who do you reckon will win that Tottenham Man City Carabao Cup?
1: Uh, I think Tottenham might just sneak Ooh, it strange. Okay.
0: okay, what about you? What's your rave?
1: Uh, I've got the um, the fact that tomorrow, on Monday, Bank Holiday Monday, mm-hmm. uh, Rebecca Welsh will make history when she takes charge of Harrogate versus Port Vale, the first woman appointed to referee in the EFL match. So that's brilliant news, yeah. isn't it? Uh, she's the FA's highest ranking female official. She's obviously in international women's matches and the Women's FA Cup final. Uh, she's one of four English female referees on the FIFA international list alongside six English female assistant referees, one of those, of course, Sean Massey-Ellis.
0: Yeah, you've mentioned her before.
1: Is a regular on the uh, on the Premier League and Match of the Day, etc. So that's brilliant news. So Rebecca Welsh, good luck, Harrogate versus Port Vale, and behave yourself, lads.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Barnet of the Week. Does um, facial hair count as... Barnet, because that's what I'm mainly talking about today. Would that would that be okay?
1: Just about, yeah. Okay,
0: so he has got a great barnet as well, but he stood out for having a new mustache, and it is of course Alison, Brazilian goalkeeper for Liverpool, had a good game, and Liverpool even took us to their Instagram, their official Instagram account. Put a photo up of Allison rocking his lovely new moustache, and Ian Rush liked it because he had a wicked moustache, didn't he?
1: Oh, Ian Rush did. Yeah, wicked uh, right <laughs> foot as well. Yeah.
0: So um, he seems to be kind of going for the David Seaman look, and it's quite an old-fashioned, like European look, right? The 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 hair and the moustache for a goalkeeper.
1: Oh uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: His hair was nicely slicked back, actually. So I'm I'm overall going for the whole look of Allison, but he's specifically also getting it for the moustache. Um, look today so what about you for your barnet
1: well i've got uh, not only has he had a stand named after him this week which was a high yeah. accolade but an even higher accolade he's getting barnet of the week so paul mullen <laughs> if you've gone over a look he's uh, neat and tidy side parting uh, and let's say he's getting all the two goals stand named after him and barnet of the week what a week
0: ones to watch so there's a lot going on there's a lot on Easter Monday isn't there but I'm going to look for the Premier League for next weekend on Saturday 12 30 I've gone for two quite predictable matches but Man City versus Leeds you'd surely think there's going to be a fair few goals saying that back in October it was 1-1 so it'll be interesting to see how that one goes and then next Sunday 4 30 Tottenham versus Man U obviously Mourinho against his former club it was 6-1 to Spurs back in October, which is kind of crazy to think. Back then, Kane and Son, it was really their show, both getting two goals each. I think they're both getting assists as well for each other. So, yeah, that's definitely going to be one of my ones to watch.
1: And in the Championship, Easter Monday, you've got Rotherham versus Wickham. Wickham, despite having a great victory over Blackburn yesterday, uh, or Friday rather, uh, still nine points adrift, so... Rotherham have still got these four games in hand on Coventry, three points behind, sorry, four points behind and three games in hand. So, But of course, you need to win the games in hand, so that'll be interesting. Then the weekend, Bournemouth versus Coventry. Again, Coventry uh, run the risk, really, of getting dragged back down and going straight down after coming up last season. Uh, And Bournemouth, one point off the playoffs. That good win under Woodgate yesterday, so they're going to be looking for another win. And then finally, two teams, Barnsley versus Middlesbrough. Barnsley three points clear of Bournemouth probably should get into the play you would think Middlesbrough seven points adrift this is probably the last chance if you don't get a win at Barnsley you'd probably think they might be uh, out of it so uh, yeah those are my three to watch in the uh, championship
0: In League One on Monday 3pm but both matches that time Peterborough versus Sunderland. I was mentioning a lot about both teams in my roundup. So it's obviously a huge match. Second versus third. There's two points between them. So you really couldn't call that one. Obviously, Sunderland are finding a fantastic form. As of Peterborough, doing really well. And then towards the bottom of the table, Burton versus Swindon. Burton, you'd think they'd be safe. Saying that, I don't think they've won in the last four matches. 18th versus 20th in the table. Five points between them. So Swindon could win that one. And there will be... Just getting further clear from those bottom bottom relegation teams, but obviously both teams are desperate to, especially Swindon, move clear of Wimbledon on the rest of the bottom four.
1: League 2 and National League League 2, you've got a big bottom-of-the-table clash. Barrow had a good win at the weekend, so it looked like they should be okay. But Barrow 21st away at Colchester 22nd, so a point clear of Colchester, and they've got two games in hand, so it's not quite as critical as it was, but I'm sure they'd want to at least get a draw or a win, but that's going to be an interesting lower league clash. And then you've got, back up the top, Tranmere versus Cambridge, fourth and top, obviously Cambridge. Tranmere one point behind Bolton. They're not quite in the automatic playoff places, so Tranmere need a win, and Cambridge needs to consolidate that top position, so that should be uh, an interesting match. And then in the National League, Wrexham versus Torquay. So Torquay third, having famously fallen out of uh, top position, over the last couple of months. Wrexham 7th, as I said before, looking to get back into the playoffs. Uh, National League, you need to probably Google it rather than take my description of what's happening. But as I understand it, the top two go up. So you've got Sutton... No, sorry, no, the top one go up. So the winners of the champions, Sutton probably, by the looks of it, go up. You've then got the next two, which at the moment is Hartlepool and Torquay, uh, who are automatically in the playoffs. And then you've got the next four, which is currently Stockport, not County, Chesterfield and Wrexham who then play each other in playoffs to then find out if they can play off against Sartlepool and Torquay. So lots of playoffs, lots of <laughs>
0: complicated. Very complicated. Sounds Eventually it.
1: somebody goes up with Sutton, but as it stands okay. at the moment, Top goes up guaranteed. Okay. The next five sorry, the next six teams play off in <laughs> two different sort of league wow. things.
0: Okay. Right, that's it for this week. I haven't even mentioned it's Easter weekend, Easter Sunday. Um, Yet to even tuck into the chocolate. But we will be back with some more football chants and rants with the plants next week, and we will see you then.